Hello, it is Overreaction Monday, November 30th, 2020. Hey, good show today. Yeah, great show today. Let's get to it, dude. Week 12 NFL Sunday is now in the books. What have we learned? Who's dead? Who's alive? Who's canned? Who's going to get hired? There's so much to talk about, and I want to get to it with all of the boys. At Tone Diggs is here wearing a cowboy hat. Big Steelers game coming out tomorrow night against the Ravens at home. It's supposed to be snowy. After seeing what the Denver Broncos had to go through with zero quarterbacks on their roster, are Steelers fans a little bit upset by the fact that the NFL decided to postpone the game because the Ravens couldn't get the COVID under control? Yeah, that's that's one thing. The Broncos were punished for not wearing masks. Uh, the Ravens seemingly weren't punished for their uh, strength coach licking every weight in the building. Um, it's it's a shame that I figured maybe the NFL thought that the Broncos were playing with no quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson wasn't a quarterback, so him being oh, out doesn't matter. Oh, running back! This is the running back thing. It's actually, it's actually probably gonna be a closer game with RG triple sticks in there. But uh, but then the, on the other end, uh, the the next weekend's game, the Ravens got moved to Monday because they need more time. But the Steelers still have to play on Sunday. It all makes sense. Oh, it so the Steelers sense. have gotten fucked over and over again, but the Steelers say we do not care and they'll move forward. The Broncos yesterday against the Saints, that game's over-under was 36-and-a-half, okay? <laughs> when you see a 36-and-a-half over-under in the NFL and you bet – if you don't bet the over, I feel like you have no respect for football. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. I thought the Saints were potentially going to score in the 30s, which they did, by the way. Yes. And somehow the Broncos, no matter – I don't even know if I – Knew that guy existed before he started yesterday, Mr. Keelan Hilton or whatever his mm-hmm. name is. I assume at some point you're going to score at least seven points. You're going to score. Now, granted, they did score, but that guy was maybe, okay, the worst quarterback to ever play in the NFL. Oh, yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. And that's saying something because there's bad quarterback play all the time. Now, he did not get a chance, okay? Saturday walked through. The Denver Broncos found out that their quarterbacks were not going to be available. They were sprinting off the field from what I've been told on Saturday during walkthrough. So the Broncos were definitely sideswiped by this entire thing. And old buddy didn't even know a lot of the people in the building by the time. He got put in a terrible position. But goddamn, you can't be that bad. There had to be somebody in that building. Boy, wide receiver maybe? I think Jerry Judy even said something like, hey, I'll go and do it. There had to be somebody in that building that could have, you know, caught snaps like Philip Lindsay did, okay, like Melvin did. They did that a little bit, and then old buddy would get in there. And I respect the fact that he was ready to – I mean, he let it fly. Mm-hmm. Like some people, if you're in that position, maybe be scared. You'll take a big hit. He took a lot. Cameron Jordan was just <laughs> just ragdolling him every single time he got a chance. But that kid would step up, and he would let it fly, okay? So there's something to be said about that, Okay. There's something to be said about somebody who'll go in there in a circumstance that's insane, haven't played quarterback since 2017 at Wake Forest. You move to wide receiver, and you'll step up in the pocket, and you will go for it. But he was terrible. I mean, he was very, very bad at what he was doing. And it's not his fault. He was put in a situation that was very bad, obviously. And the Broncos completed only one pass for 13 yards in uh, yesterday's loss against the Saints. They are the first team with one or fewer completions and a fewer than 20 pass yards in a game since the San Diego Chargers did it in Week 3 of 1998. With Ryan Leaf oh. <laughs> completing one of 15 for four yards Leaf. or whatever. That's a tough game for Ryan Leaf or whatever. But I think my biggest issue with this whole thing, obviously, is the the fact that he got thrown into a bad situation. Okay, I'm, nobody's expecting that kid to go out there and be goddamn, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Okay, nobody uh-huh. was expecting him to do that. But after the game, after they just got 31 to three, okay, didn't hit the over unbelievably did not hit the over and Fox actually said this game stinks we're going to cut away from it and they go to some other game can't even watch the end of it they were all celebrating with him like dapping him up and there was a lot of people on the internet like respect and salute and stuff like that like respect and salute like stepping in there and doing it like yeah for sure like way Good to boy. go 
Nice job. But the Denver Broncos dapping him up as if that was something good. Like, yo, you participated in the NFL. Congratulations. Like, what are we celebrating for? Now, and I might be like, hey, old man, you know, get off my porch type look at it. But I didn't understand that coming from, like, they were dap- smiling. Like, hey, we just got lost 31 to 3. No big deal. How you doing? Way to go. You completed one pass. It was a screen pass. You almost incompleted that, too. That was almost in the ground. Like, here we go. Way to go. We appreciate you. Like, I respect the human. All right? I respect the human for getting in there and doing a job that nobody could have expected him to do. But they were fucking terrible. And the fact that they were celebrating afterwards, I'm like, is all hope lost in Denver? Like, um, uh, I think you should start to wonder about that Denver locker room if they're celebrating after that performance, as opposed to being like, hey, we appreciate you. Like, thanks for doing that. You were putting a terrible role, which I'm assuming a lot of people did. There was like full on embraces and hugs as if they, I, like I, once seeing that, because the game got turned off on TV I was watching, right? And then it was blacked out on the other channel. So I literally couldn't watch it. I had oh, yeah. to find out on the internet that the over didn't hit. And then I see videos on the internet are hitting like nothing but respect for this man. It's him walking on the field after and they're like hugging. I'm like, did I miss? Like, did they fucking score 28 points <laughs> in the last two minutes? Like, what are they doing? Anyways, good for that guy. It's a shame that the Broncos had to play a game with zero NFL quarterbacks. It sucks for them. I guess the uh, meeting they were in, that cameras were on them. They didn't have masks on. Hey, they forgot during that meeting. Takes all of us. Takes, Takes all, all of us. us. Can't do it. Won't do it. Now, they were. They did practice, I think, the rest of the week with the team, and they did the walkthrough the day before the game, and they were told that they have to leave immediately. So oh. who knows if that spread even more. But I didn't like the whole, like, hey, good job. You participated in football. It's like, yo, is this not the fucking NFL now? What are we doing? At Boston Connor, uh, New England Patriots yeah. are not dead. Uh-uh. No. Cam, uh-uh. Newton, Cam Newton's abilities might be, but the New England Patriots are not dead. Big win against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think at this point, you have to respect the Arizona Cardinals' talent. Yeah, you have to respect their talent. I think they have a lot of talented players, and maybe they'll be good going forward. But mentally, I just, I'm not sure they're a team that's going to show up every single week. Now, that might be because Bill Belichick did that to them, yes. which is not being talked about at all. Bill Belichick is that type of guy. He will make you play left-handed, you know, which is mm-hmm. what Kyler Murray basically said they did. But that team seems to come and go so much. You can't really put any faith in them. But if you're a Patriots fan, you're like, what, we're back, huh? Oh, yeah. As, oh, yeah. As Cam Newton said, rather have an ugly win than a pretty loss. Couldn't agree more. And before Cam this, Newton said that, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Only one. Ever. That's hot. <laughs> Only one ever to say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, He's Nick Foles. I, Nick Foles said that I think in a very passionate speech a few weeks ago. Yeah, I believe Aaron Rodgers yeah. said that last Winning year. Ugly. But Cam Newton said it first. First one to say it. Got yes, it. Thank yep. you. But before the season, you talked about it. The Patriots are going to win a few games because of Bill Belichick. And yesterday was the perfect example of that. He had his second lowest passing total, his second lowest rushing total. I mean, we did what we did. Hopkins only had 55 yards receiving. I mean, obviously Gilmore, but he hasn't had a great season either. Feels good to be in the hunt. Ty Schmidt, Packers fucking killed the Bears. That Viva Lazito. What is your poll for the day? Uh, today we went with uh, who's next. Um, we have at last place right now Doug Marone, 9.6%. Anthony Lynn, 19.2%. Matt Nagy, 31.2, and Adam Gase leading it off 40%. Yeah, a little Goldberg reference there. Who's next? <laughs> um, David Caldwell, general manager of the Jaguars, gone. Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn, head coach and general manager for the Lions, gone. Feels like there's a potential couple more moves coming within the next couple of days. It's that time of year where the NFL owners say, all right, we're preparing for next year. Yeah. Good, get on. Tom Pelissaro, I guess, has an update for the Ravens-Steelers game. 
Tom Pelissar tweeted 11 minutes ago, here's where Tuesday's game stands per sources. If all the Ravens' COVID-19 tests come back negative this afternoon, the plan is to practice and travel to Pittsburgh tonight. If any more players are Tier 1 personnel test positive, the game most likely would be postponed again. If there is an additional positive test or test, the decision on whether the game can proceed Tuesday will depend in part on who it is. Was it someone the NFL medical experts anticipated might test positive, part of the outbreak or unrelated community spread? All that factor in. Okay. Here we go. Game's probably not happening. They just had another positive yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they would have to have all negatives today. Hopefully they have it under control. Hopefully the game happens tomorrow night. If it doesn't, week 18 happens, which means if another game happens for the Ravens or the Steelers, that potentially means 16 team playoff. Yeah! Colts got fucking mollywop by the Titans yes. yesterday. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Derrick Henry in for 171. Eight? Oh. 178 yards. That's one of those things where normally Derrick Henry, like fourth quarter, like last week, fourth quarter, he just goes and, and starts opening up. He opened up from the first series yeah. against mm-hmm. the the, uh, the Colts. 27 carries, 178 rush yards, three rush touchdowns, and a win, obviously. Uh, it was unbelievable to watch him. The one was a, a swing pass, but the ball was thrown backwards, so it counted as a rush. Um, that was awesome to watch. Um, uh, just... As a Colts fan, tough to watch, obviously. But anytime you have a defensive end doing what he's doing, and whenever you're out DeForest Buckner right in the middle of yeah. your D-line, and you're playing against a team that takes advantage of the middle of defensive lines, I think any Colts fan that saw the injury report knew what was potentially coming down the pipe, especially because it was a divisional game. I actually took Titans plus three, and I felt very good about about two and a half minutes into the game. <laughs> I, just because the DeForest Buckner being out, they had numerous injuries. I mean, that is tough to get over. Now, Everybody local media in Indianapolis talking about how they need more depth to D-line. It's like, yeah, you can have depth, but when you got a first-round draft pick like DeForest Buckner in there and you lose him, that's going to be problematic. It doesn't matter how deep you are. So I don't think we can completely bury the Colts, but I do believe we should think about talking about the Titans again like we did last year as a team that could potentially surprise somebody, especially if the middle of their defense has any injuries or they're out, maybe COVID happens. Look for the Titans to go do damage. They kicked the shit out of the Colts yesterday. No, and I don't know if this makes sense but they have derrick henry running back and then they have the most derrick henry like wide receiver potentially in the league with aj brown they're just they're bullies yeah they are and that's variable style mm-hmm. right i mean they're the ones that went out onto the the ravens uh shield yeah. uh-huh <laughs> <They're not> <laughs> what does that thing look like by the way what does the ravens thing look like? Oh. nobody knows but they went out there <laughs> They went out there uh, on the shield, crest. and, you know, like, I think that's the way they want to play. They want to be known as, like, the the tough guy team. Like, hey, we're a bully team. And now they did it to the Colts yesterday. T.Y. Hilton scores his first touchdown of the year. Happy for T.Y. Oh, T.Y. For whatever reason, T.Y. and Phil haven't been able to get on the same page. T.Y., one of my favorite players of all time, uh, incredible wide receiver. He scores. But aside from that, that Tennessee Titans team looked awesome yesterday, and the Colts team did not. But I don't want to judge them because whenever you don't have – a guy like Buckner, who, by the way, recovered the fumble in overtime against mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers as a nose tackle out on the outside. I mean, anytime you have that player out, it's going to be a little bit tough. It's going to be difficult. That's just the way it's going to go, especially when you're talking about a team that hammers that part of your defense every single time. I knew it was going to be difficult. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not burying the Colts yet, but goddamn, it might be tough for them to beat a good team whenever we have to. How yeah. about, do you like uh, you like now that Jacoby Brissett is just a, a goal line running back? Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know that he was that nimble. It, it makes sense, though, because Phillip Rivers is not a goal uh, a dive guy. No, no, He's no, no, not no. a QB sneak well, he can't guy. can't move his feet. Uh, while we're talking about the Colts, uh, huge positive vibes being sent to Rigoberto Sanchez, punter for the Indianapolis Colts. He has been unbelievable. He got the gig 
immediately after I left. He was not drafted. He was an undrafted free agent who was brought in to compete with a guy named Jeff something, who was a lefty punter. Lock. He was signed lock out of the Vikings. He was signed to a contract. Rigoberto Sanchez came in, worked his ass off, beat Jeff for the gig, both punting and kicking off. And he has been one of the most dominant punters in the NFL since the day he started. But he punts in a fashion that isn't going to show up in a lot of dumbass reporters like uh, stat sheets because he just eliminates the returner. So he he kicks fair catches he hits the ball to the side it's very much what we did at the end of my career he's picked it up and done it even better than i was doing it he's an incredible talent really cool dude hard-working guy humble dude he found out i don't know when he found out but he's going in for a surgery tomorrow to remove a tumorous uh, 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 cancerous tumor that he has on his body so t's and p's to rigoberto sanchez brother i uh, can't wait to see you dominate this just like you've dominated football and get back on the field i don't know the extent of it this is just from the message that he posts uh so t's and p's to rigoberto sanchez and we can't wait to see you get back buddy mm-hmm. that's scary shit though yeah, yeah. that is scary yeah. scary oh, stuff yeah. he'll be all right though he's tougher than any of us are he's a beast He's very good at what he does. Very, very good at what he does. Got an onside kick, returned to the house by AJ Brown this weekend. Kind of yeah. sucks. <laughs> kind of sucks. That. that is very tough, but he's about to beat the hell out of cancer, which is awesome. He gets that tomorrow. So keep him in your thoughts for sure. When you're ever when you're kicking onside kicks like that, is do you, is there ever a thought in your mind to prevent that or you're just doing what you Yeah, do? you're supposed to scrape the the uh the backside one is supposed to scrape behind. And I think the the two as well, depending on what the scheme is. You know, you got a certain amount of people funneling to the area, hoping that there's a little bit of a bobble, and then there's supposed to be two scrapers back the other side. Always. They didn't get there. No scrapers. Yeah, but the kicker's not. There's no yeah. way you're going to be able to catch mm-hmm. that. I mean, it would be a dope tackle if you did that. <laughs> oh. It's going to be very – especially if it's A.J. Brown. I was going to yeah. say, he caught that going full speed already, and it was uh, – yeah, that would have been a bad situation. We, we had one uh, – we did that against Josh Scobie. When he kicked an onside kick to the right, and our guy just – scooped it and it was like a free lane basically Mm -hmm. gronkowski did that to us one time i had given up zero return yards i think i'd given up zero return yards until that game we kick an onside kick gronkowski gets it and runs up the sideline a little bit and i'm just like get the fuck (laughs) just go down so i just gave up return yards here because of that i mean (laughs) Come the fuck on, Gronk. Speaking of Gronk, that Buccaneers team, they got dominated yesterday, Uh and somehow the Chiefs don't cover. Somehow, Chiefs minus three and a half. After you see a guy throw for 400 yards in the first quarter and numerous touchdowns and shut out the Bucs, you go, Chiefs minus three and a half. I knew it. I'm a genius. Lock. I am a genius. They don't have A.Q. Shipley playing center because he got uh, the Colombra on his spine tightened up or whatever Mm -hmm. he had the first. They're going to – I think this – I think this Chiefs team is about to come out here and they're about to have a big game. I think Patrick Mahomes knows the comparisons of Tom Brady. He's acknowledged the comparisons of Tom Brady. So it's not only him, it's his teammates that know that people are comparing him to Tom Brady. So they're going to show up for him in a big fashion, especially because they've been around each other now for numerous years where Tom has just gotten there. I knew that the Chiefs were potentially going to come. In my head, they're going to come out and dominate, and they did. Mm-hmm. 200-some yards in like the first quarter, three touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. How you doing? Keep it moving. Somehow, in the end, though, the Bucks come back, only lose by three. And that game never felt like it was out of the grip, in the grasp of the Kansas City Chiefs. They could have scored 28 mm-hmm. points whenever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They just chose not to score enough to cover. So fuck them for that. <laughs> but I think we learned a lot about the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, and that is that they are awesome. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, if you have him in man-to-man coverage, he's going to dominate you. I think 
31 other NFL teams, or I'm sorry, 30 NFL teams know that you can't put Tyreek Hill in man-to-man coverage. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to have to drop into a zone. But Bowles is trying his best, I guess, to get pressure on the quarterback, try to get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. But the thing about Patrick Mahomes is whenever you bring pressure, he does even better because he's a great decision maker, and he has that run backwards thing he does, and he can still throw it 60, 70 yards. Mm-hmm. So whenever you bring pressure, you're obviously giving up something else. You're giving up in the back end any help or anything like that. You put Tyreek kill one-on-one against anybody let alone carlton davis that guy had a long ass day but it's not his fault they showed him with his head down you know they're like he's gonna be thinking about this it's like he is but you know who else can be thinking about it any other corner that is tasked with going tyree kill one-on-one you got no shot the guy's name is cheetah okay his name is cheetah that's what his friends call him that's what his thing is on twitter he's a goddamn running human that's what he Mm -hmm. is he runs and somehow he's durable he takes big shots He, he seems to not miss a lot of games. Normally, whenever guys have 1% body fat or 2% body fat, they pull hammies. They do something like that. Tyreek Hill has remained durable. He is an incredible football player, and they go one-on-one. That's a problem. Then you move coverage toward him. You got Travis Kelsey. Then you got McCole Hardman. And last night, they threw to a guy in 80-something, 83 maybe. I didn't even know he existed. He caught a pass for like two yards yesterday. I'm like, they got this guy. <laughs> I didn't even, like That guy's going to win a Super Bowl. This is my immediate thought as soon as he caught the ball. And you can look up his name. I'm not 100% sure. I think it's 83. He had one. What's that? Alonzo Moore. Moore is his name. He catches the ball. As soon as he catches the ball, I go, I didn't know that guy existed. And then I immediately think that guy's going to win a Super Bowl. Okay. And then for the rest of his life, he's going to talk about being on a Kansas State Chiefs team. And people are going to go, oh, really? And he's going to go, yeah, yeah. I was with, you know, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, me, obviously. <laughs> Zoe Moore. And I was like, good for that guy. Good for that guy. Because at some point, somebody's going to get left open. You can't leave him one-on-one. You have to go zone against him. But if you go zone against him, then he's going to have time to pick you apart. And with Andy Reid's designs, they're going to be able to pick up 7, 8, 9, mm. 10, 10, and then eventually they're going to get 80 on you at some point. They're tough to stop, especially if they care. And it felt like they cared yesterday early. It got so big. You're in Florida. Hey, nice weather. This, is nice. this isn't bad. They're failing. They got relaxed. And then whenever they had to, they put the foot on the gas again. Yeah, really with the Chiefs, it's it's how do you want to die? Do you want to die immediately or death by a thousand paper cuts or whatever? Because they started with the one high safety and then that was just a – you saw how that went. And then when they go to two safeties, then they just run for five, six yards. Or when they rush four, Mahomes doesn't even like look downfield. He looks at the rush, picks a lane, and then squeaks through there and then hits someone down. Yeah, and he they ran an option play yesterday where he did the college quarterback fake pitch mm-hmm. cut up for a first down, and it was just like, uh, of course he's adding that to the highlight reel too. You know, It's like the sprint backwards, throw at 80, the uh, check down, the reads, the no looks, and then also I got the, a little bit of wiggle if you need it. You know what I mean? And he would have caught a touchdown pass too if Travis yeah. Kelsey just, you know decided even just to shoot a basket if he really wanted to. Well, the ball got stuck to his glove. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. By the way, why I never wore a glove on my right hand? You know, people forget. I wore a glove on my left hand to help catch because that some bitch does help catch the ball. But the right hand, you know, just if your fingertip just has a little extra mm-hmm. moisture on it, which, mm-hmm. by the way, down in Florida can't happen. Yeah, uh-huh. It's going to grab on the ball a little bit. So I don't – yeah, but you're right. Catches a touchdown probably yesterday. You can do everything. I mean, it is. Them kicking a field goal on that first drive down, okay, that also helps us not cover. Mm-hmm. You know, they go f- fourth and an inch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got not- Lev Bell right there. Come on. 
You got fourth and goal on an inch yard line. You got Lev Bell. You got Clyde Edwards, a layer there. You got Sherman back there if you need it. I mean, I feel like, and by the way, what you, your defense got Tom Brady on the inch. You're, but him kicking a field goal there was, was the least Andy Reid move I've seen out of Andy Reid in a long, long time. But he scores a field goal or scores a touchdown there. We all cover. We're all laughing. That's mm-hmm. seven kick field goal. Bucker, shout out, Bucker. What about the the other side? I mean, they're they're broken. I think that's a contentious locker, bro. They, allegedly, people are mad at each other. You know what I mean? There's there's comments coming out about whose fault. It, it seems like the coaches are always blaming Tom. Mm-hmm. And then allegedly now Bleacher Report is reporting that uh, there's real tension between Brady and Arians. I guess that's oh. actually Maziano's reporting that from ESPN. Nice. The Bucks coach is. Reportedly unhappy with TB12's performance after the team added weapons he wanted, like Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, says ESPN's Dan Maziano, <laughs> reported by Bleacher Report. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're losing games, people are not going to be happy. If you're getting blown out like that, obviously it's not just Tom's fault. There's a lot of things going on, but it does feel like that place is potentially broken. Now, if you look at their schedule, they got four easy games coming up. They should win the next four games. And hopefully in the next four games, they'll get a little confidence. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They'll be able to get going because there's zero swag from that team. They all look scared. They all look like they're, they're not enjoying what they're doing. It's very interesting to watch that defense against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay a couple years ago and now that defense uh, playing against anybody else. It's that whole – they need, you know what? They need a glue guy down there. Yeah. Ooh. They need a glue they guy. They need a glue guy down mm-hmm. there that's like, hey, let's, hey, boys, let's go ahead and we got enough, hey, we got enough talent, Come boys. On. Yeah. We got all the pieces let's we just needed it. here. So I don't know if that's a coaching thing or, you know, maybe, maybe a Sarah Fuller needs to get in there oh. like day to day in the locker room, like that type of player who, who wants to say, like, hey, we need to do some more stuff. But for me, that is something that's, uh, that's something that they need is a little bit more swag. It feels like they need a lot more swag. And that swag and confidence comes from success. And success comes from your fundamentals, which are learned in practice, which it feels like once you start looking at it all, it feels like they got a lot to figure out down there. But they are not playing how I thought they were going to be playing. They're not playing how most people thought they were going to play. They actually alluded to that during the game yesterday where Bruce Aarons came out and said they gave us the Super Bowl in August or whatever, Mm -hmm. whenever we were. And I feel like a lot of people thought that because of how talented their roster was. That was before Antonio Brown, who's still good at football, by the way. Still good at football. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it's going to work out down there. Who knows what the future is down there in Tampa, by the way. Is Tom done after this year? Is Tom going to fall out of love with football after this year? After 20 years of having, you know, success and being on top of the world, and you've made over, what, a few hundred million at this point? you got Mm -hmm. other companies blossoming. Your family's growing up. Do you just go, you know, six Super Bowls is good enough for me? Or do you say, oh, this is one more challenge for me. Let's see what happens. Is B.A. going to be there next year? Who knows? Is that offense going to remain the same? Who knows? The next four games, though, Foxy just had it up on the screen. They got the Vikings, the Falcons twice, and the Lions. Okay? So the Vikings could potentially – they got to buy this week. The Vikings could potentially pose a threat depending on which Vikings team shows up. Mm -hmm. There's another question mark team, the Vikings. They get a big win yesterday, but you have no idea what Vikings team is going to show up. The Falcons – who they blew the doors off of the Raiders. Okay, the Raiders, are they who we thought they were? What happened to them? Maybe it was just a bad outing. Seemed like that was the case. They got fined five hundred thousand dollars for mass stuff. The Saints got fined three hundred and fifty five thousand for mass stuff. Uh the Patriots got fined two hundred and some thousand for the mass stuff. Whoa. Some team also lost the seventh round pick. I think it was the Saints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saints. So there's the Falcons though. 
They got him two out of the last, what, five weeks or whatever after this bye, or four weeks after this bye. Mm-hmm. The Falcons, if they play like they played against the Raiders, <laughs> I think the Buccaneers potentially problematic, but they should win those games, okay? The Buccaneers should yeah. win those games. They should beat the Lions. Now, the Lions, <laughs> they don't have a GM anymore, okay? It's COVID, so they can't even work out players. So if somebody gets hurt, who's going to get signed? Yeah, no, who's dead. making a decision? The Ford family is deciding who's coming mm-hmm. in and playing. Uh-oh. I mean, that's a very interesting oh, thing. It, it, so the Buccaneers should and could win out and if they win out do they find confidence do they find how they're going to win games do they find their recipe and then when they get into the playoffs do they make something happen because they have tom brady that's what everybody's hoping if you're a Tampa Bay buccaneers fan but after watching yesterday you got to be like god damn this team is broken and although they pulled it back in within three you know the spread was three and a half which is unfucking believable um they look like they got dominated from start to finish yesterday. Oh, yeah. Sure. Is there any thought by the Buccaneers front office to let go of B.A. and say, you know what, Tom, <laughs> you got six Super Bowls. Just put on the head coach hat and let's go get this thing done. Jackie Moon, Tom Brady, your head coach, your quarterback. Why not? Your halftime entertainment. Jackie Moon. I don't know. It'll probably be somebody, though, that he would want. I, I thought about this yesterday. Imagine McDaniels down there yeah. running that offense with Gronk, Antonio, Godwin, oh. Evans. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, who's a stud. I think he only ran the ball like nine times yesterday or whatever. He was mm-hmm. seemed like gaining yards a lot. And that's what a lot of people are questioning is, why don't they run the ball? Because the run then sets up the pass. And he's the number two most efficient quarterback after play action, but they're the number 30th team in the NFL with how much play action they run via Hembo of Get Up on ESPN, one of his stats. In their play action, if you look at it, if you actually watch games, which I have because early I said I thought they were going to be in a Super Bowl, their play action isn't really play action either. It's like it's like a fake ass. It's not even like a real play mm-hmm. action because it looks nothing like the run plays. So the run plays look a lot different than their play action looks. So even though those stats are being awarded for play action, I guess it does keep linebackers in a little bit, which is what play action. It's not even like a real play action either. So there's a lot I think you could talk about with that offense, that defense, that team in general. But it feels like they need a glue guy in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, boys, let's fucking get it together here. Ronald Jones had nine carries for 66 yards. That's what I, Yeah, exactly. 11 altogether. I think they gave Leonard Fournette two times or whatever. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Bucks fans hate when Leonard Fournette gets they back. Do. They do. <laughs> really They drew do. a play for him to throw the ball to Fournette. He dropped it or got tackled or something. Mm-hmm. And the internet was like, if they script another play <laughs> for Fournette, I'm going to kill him. out to you. How about Dallas, by the way, having 31,500 people in yeah. the stands? Tampa, I think, had a bunch down mm-hmm. there. Uh-huh. Massive. And then Green Bay let, what, 14, 15 people in? Yeah, it was, yeah like 500, I think. By the way, the Packers are awesome to watch, dude. So good. Can't believe huh. I ever thought that game was going to be close. Uh, I mean, I did after the first drive, and I was like, oh, okay, the Bears fucking stink. By the way, mind. look at the hold on the uh, extra point. A lot of people are probably going to blame Mason Crosby for that. He's missed two extra points this year, I guess. Ball seemed to be moving while he was kicking it, mm. which is not great. Now, that's just quick me looking at it and seeing the ball move. And right before he kicks, I go, oh, actually, is what I said. And then the ball goes to right. I'm like, well, yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I thought. Knew that. Uh, but Mason – J.K., that defense, if Smith is going to continue, Preston Smith is going to continue to play like that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. They paid him all that money. That was like the first, this is like the first good game he's had all year. So okay, well, hopefully, hey, hopefully. take the top time. off. Yeah. Take the top off. Let's I get it going. A lot of people were saying because they uh, they started Rashawn Gary over him, so maybe like a little, uh, you know, a little spike check in. him a little bit. Step yeah, exactly. Bears offense, good offense, get going again. For sure. Yeah, what's that? Bears offense, good offense, get going again. Well, and on the flip side, Bears defense is a good team to go get a win against after losing mm-hmm. in overtime, right? I mean, that was 
It, Aaron was just, I mean, Aaron was Aaron. Lights out. He was slinging it. He looked like Bob Ross on that football field <laughs> last night. He that was the tweet I put. In my head, I'm like, how do I even compare this dude playing football right now? It literally looks like a Bob Ross painting. He's basically telling everybody what he's going to do, and then he just does it in such a beautiful fashion. That third look, sidearm, mm -hmm. touchdown to Lazard or yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, by the way, and I assume he's been doing this for a long time in Mahomes. I've been giving Mahomes the run backwards oh, yeah. and then throw the ball. If you have an incredibly strong arm, that might be the best weapon you have as quarterback is just sprint backwards and then keep your eyes downfield and then throw it off your back foot. That is something not a lot of quarterbacks can do. There's only a few, and it looked like he was doing that last night a couple of times. And that's what's so frustrating is because he could have thrown for like eight touchdowns last night. They could have won by 35-42 if they wanted to. And one of these times, I just want I just want them to let him loose. It's like, you know what, Aaron? Throw nine touchdowns tonight. Let's do it. Let's go to Mike in Nebraska. What's going on, Mike? Nebraska. Hey, Pat. What's up, boys? What's going on, brother? Oh, not much, man. Hey, uh, I'm glad I, I finally got through to you guys, man. It's my birthday today, so what a special day. Let's go. Oh, happy birthday, Mike. Happy for you, man. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Thank you. Hey, uh, I got a quick question for you. I know it's overreaction Monday. Hell yeah. And uh, I've been a Rams fan my whole life. You know, Marshall Falk, you know, great show on turf. Loved them to death all the way through all the shitty seasons. I mean, we can all agree they were pretty bad for a while. But uh, Shitty stadium, too. This, uh, this year, I kind of... I'm ready to let go of Jared Goff. Oh! Like, there's no security. Dude. He goes out on the field, and the game's on the line, and, and I just I don't feel comfortable with him. So you think McVay should uh, get rid of him and draft a, a quarterback this year? McVay did come out and say something about the quarterback needs to be better with the ball. Yeah, our quarterback has to take care of the ball better. At Around the NFL said about Sean McVay on Jared Goff's three turnovers and Rams loss to the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers sweep the Rams this year. That's two wins uh, for the 49ers. Maybe Shanahan in Salah just have it. They just know what the Rams do. And you got to remember, when you're in a division with a team, you build your team around winning the division, okay? And a lot of people know that the Chiefs seem like they've just built their team to beat everybody that has ever played football and that's accurate but if you look at the Raiders and you look at the other teams in their division they're building to try to beat the Kansas City Chiefs I would assume whenever you look at that that Rams team from a couple years ago when they ran to the Super Bowl everybody was thinking like oh this is going to be the team that we have to beat for the next five to ten years Dynasty. Sean McVay was getting people hired all over the NFL that just hung out with him for a couple minutes they were giving max contracts to everybody now here we are a few years later and it feels like a lot of that has crashed down now are the Rams still a good team yes but if you move on from Goff I couldn't even imagine the cap hit that that'll be the amount of money that you have left in the salary cap session with the cap going down i don't know where your picks are but if you move on from golf you're expecting somebody else to be able to jump into that position and do whatever uh, i'll be intrigued to see how that plays out with everything what's up Dennis? uh so he's got four years left on his contract the next two though next year is 65 million in dead cap and then the year after that is 30 million so he's you're stuck with him for the next two seasons after that it's only eight million okay so let's go with that 65 million cap hit next year they're saying the salary cap's going down to 170 million. So in proportion, I would assume that that is going to move as well for his cap hit in proportion of what the salary cap goes down. Every contract's going to go down. Then they're going to spread that out amongst the next 10 years, I guess, is the agreement between the NFLPA and the NFL about that. You're probably down to what, 130 million then? 120 million if you cut that down? 
So you only have 120 million to build the rest of the team around Goff. You're pretty much fucked, Mike. Don't know how to tell you this. This is this is like a Matt Ryan situation in the mm-hmm. Falcons. The Falcons owe Matt Ryan 100 million dollars over the next couple of years. There's no way Matt Ryan's going to renegotiate that. Jared Goff can't renegotiate that because he lives in L.A., so he's going to need all that money that he can possibly get. I mean, there is. You guys are kind of stuck with him, and you just got to hope that McVay and him can create some magic that they created a couple of years ago without Gurley in the backfield, without the same offensive line you had that was very dominant because you wouldn't you couldn't pay them because you paid everybody else and they left i mean it's just i mean the defense aaron donald flipped that game on its head yesterday mm-hmm. okay he got a couple pressures stripped brought uh brought a fumble back defensive score and i was like damn here we go rams gonna win this game robbie gold who got ran out of chicago says nah oh, nah 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 i'm still alive rams too they gave up a bunch of their picks to get ramsey right yeah so oh, I, yeah. a bunch they, of firsts i don't know if you guys you move on from golf who you're gonna get because you're still gonna pay golf mm-hmm. you know who would be good in that system who? Matthew Stafford. He would be a... Tom Brady would be very good. Ooh. That feels like a system, right, where you can kind of not have... Because if you think about Bruce Arians' offense, and I hadn't really thought about this until last night, Andrew Luck extended plays, Roethlisberger extended plays, Carson didn't do much of extending a plays, but it feels like that offense really does well when you can extend a plays because you got a lot of long, drawn-out routes. Tom doesn't do much of that, huh? No. no oh, my God, what's going to happen in the Buccaneers? Are they going to tear the place down? There's almost always a rise in break-ins during the holidays, and it's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. 40% off any Simply Safe system and a free security camera. Recently, US News and World Report called it the best home security of 2020. So whether you're traveling or staying put for the holidays, check out the 40% off plus free security camera deal before it ends this week. Listen, everybody in this office uses Simply Safe. We all love it. It's very, very, very simple to set up. You don't need any technician or salesman walking around your house, dragging mud around, and it's very easy to pull everything up on the app, see what's going on. It's going to send you alerts and let you know if there's some movement. You can pull clips if you need to, if you notice anything different or something happens. It's high-quality equipment. And it really is the most simple setup you're going to find. And it's why it won CNET's Editor's Choice for Home Security and was named Best of 2020 by Forbes and Popular Mechanics. The system has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's super easy. Plus, there's no contracts, no hidden fees, and no installation codes. Then Simply Safe security specialists take over monitoring your home around the clock and ready to send emergency help the moment there's an alarm. Get 40% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafe.com/mcafee. Hurry, this deal expires on Friday. That's simplysafe.com/mcafee. S I M P L I S A F E.com/mcafee. Back to the show. Joining us right now, uh, college champion and Super Bowl champion, A.J. Hawk. And joining us, ladies and gentlemen, five-time Pro Bowler. Yesterday, he had eight receptions for 143 yards and one touchdown. Uh, He founded the Jarvis Landry Building Winners Foundation. Just a couple weeks ago on Tuesday, November 17th, Jarvis Landry hosted his inaugural Jarvis Landry Thanksgiving food drive, fed over 300 local okay. families on Thanksgiving. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good guy on the field, good guy off the field. Yeah. First time on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Cleveland Browns, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. How's it going, man? 
going on, guys? Hey, uh, I heard your power went out. Is everything all right over there? Yeah, man, I hope so. I need to hurry up and come back on. <laughs> it's Cleveland. It's cold as hell over there, huh? Yeah, ain't nothing going on. It's gray as hell outside, too. Yeah, it's going to be that way for six months. That's a good thing about the Midwest. Uh, you know, whenever the sun decides to leave, it's just gray for its entire time. Whenever you learned you were going to the Cleveland Browns, or when you chose to go to the Cleveland Browns, what was the thought? Uh, was it like, hey, I'm going to go into a place where we can turn the organization around? And uh, I went to LSU. I was in Miami. I was in the SEC. I'm cool with sun. I don't need it for six months. Is that the thought? <laughs> No, I mean, instantly thinking, obviously, they were, what, 1-15 in 15 the year before. So, yeah. you know, that was a thought in my mind. And obviously, the weather plays a part. But, you know, for me, I just love the game. So, it didn't really matter where I was going. I just knew that, you know, you know, that this would be the result, you know, where we are now and what we have the potential to become. Jarvis, what's it like now, uh, I guess, compared to when you first showed up? I know I, I live in Ohio, so I know there's been a lot of moving parts in Cleveland over the years, but you guys are in a good spot. Like, does it feel different? Yeah, man, it feels special. You know, I was on one playoff team, you know, my seven years being in the league, and I was out in Miami when that happened. And, you know, it's, it, you know, you know, it, you know, it's just a different feeling. You know, everybody's happy for each other. You know, there's no egos. It's, it's, it's you know, that team camaraderie, that spirit. Obviously, COVID has, been in the way a lot of the team bonding stuff but outside of that man i think we're a pretty tight-knit team and that's what has helped us stay together throughout everything i've always said I, i've been on a team that almost went completely defeated and i was on a team that almost went completely undefeated and i feel like the one big glaring difference aside from winning games right that is <laughs> the biggest difference in those two particular examples there but the team liked each other on the teams that were good, and the team didn't like each other. Uh, and by the way, didn't like each other doesn't mean like, oh, I hate this guy or whatever. It's just like you don't really fuck with each other. Like it's not really – it's not a tight-knit group. The fact that the Browns have been able to do that is very interesting to me because just a few years ago, we saw you on Hard Knocks give a speech, one of the best speeches I've seen a player give that wasn't – by the way, you're, normally when players speak, we all know it's like, all right, shut up, dude. Like what are you doing? <laughs> but your speech in that wide receiver room was my immediate introduction to you as a person you as a teammate and everything like that you've had to been a big driver to the changing of the culture did you want to have that like that pressure on you like hey i'm gonna have to be a part of changing a program and an organization that has not had a winning ways for a long long time did, did you know like that was going to be a role for you or is that something you've always done no, I just kind of always been the type of person for me, first of all, like I've always led by example. I try not to talk too much, you know, and, you know, being on those teams um, where, you know, a guy doesn't say too much, but goes out there, leads by example, works hard, has a great worth that usually when that guy speaks, everybody listens, you oh, know, yeah. and, um, you know, I, I, I thought it was an opportunity for me just to being in a room, being one of the older guys that had had some, some kind of success in this league that, you know, it, it was time for something to be said. But, you know, I, I was not the only one. I'm not the only one that helped change this culture. But, you know, I always just felt like, again, coming to Cleveland, you know, it's a big mindset thing, you know, in, in, in anything in life and especially in this, in this sport. And my biggest thing to everybody in the organization, it was not ever taking a field hoping to win. It was like expecting to win, you mm. know, and that was just my mindset, my mentality. That's how I play the game. And I'm happy that that's kind of been trickling down throughout the, 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 the players, the organization, whatever it is. But, you know, one man can't change a culture alone. It takes a lot of different people, uh, uh, of the right type of people in the building as well. What has uh, Stefanski done, especially in this time with with COVID? Like, what is 
what has he done, I guess, to instill that culture you guys seem to have going pretty well? Yeah, man. I mean, we're doing whatever it takes to win. You know, we, the last three weeks we've been playing in environment, in conditions that, like, you know, you don't even think you will see in Cleveland. 50 miles an hour wind, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's hailing. I mean, you know, and we're just doing whatever it takes to win. He, I think the biggest thing for for me just realizing with Coach Stefanski, man, is, is he a winner and he's about his business. He's all about the details, and that's something that's very important in this league, as you guys know. I think it's – I heard him mic'd up. He talks shit too, I think, right? He, he's like a little – he's a little chirpy, right? It's in there. It's in there. He yeah. don't bring it out often, but it's, it's definitely in there, somewhere in there for sure. It's been awesome to watch you guys win this year for the fan base, basically, right? I mean, obviously for you guys, awesome for you guys as well. But that dog pound has been a loyal bunch. And I assume whenever you're at Miami and you go play Cleveland, whenever we were playing Cleveland, it'd be late in the season. It'd be cold as hell. They were nowhere near playoff conversation. And that stadium would be packed with people very drunk, very angry, and very loyal to the Cleveland Browns. Kind of sucks that this year you guys got it going and nobody can be in the stands. You can't really fill that place up. But it's got to feel pretty good. But, like, you know, on the internet, I'd assume, there's a lot of support coming for the Browns from the city and from the fans and everything like that. Yeah, it's always been positivity. You know, I mean, since I got here, you know, I think – the hope and the belief, you know, has been centered around having a team that obviously they're going to believe in their team, but, you know, having a team that is not, you know, considered a laughing stock of the NFL or a team that's continuing to to win a championship just like everybody else is, you know. So I think, you know, for us, obviously being a unique year, we just allow, what, another 6,000 people. So we got 12,000 people in the stadium now. So, you know, that's good. And hopefully as, as this thing um, dies down hopefully soon, you know, we can get more people in there as we make this run. Yeah, as long as everybody's safe, obviously. Let's talk about the team that you have now. Yeah, as long as everybody's safe. Nobody ever talks about that. Uh, 75 Ravens players tested positive. It's like, well, let's hope they all survive, okay, first of all. Then let's worry about the damn games that are happening, okay, and then we'll move on from there. But your team that you guys have, uh, it, it was obviously the Odell Beckham Jr. injury was a massive hit. That is a dynamic player. I know a good friend of yours, and you were a part of uh, potentially getting him to Cleveland. And I think watching him mature, as a player and become a leader has been a lot of fun from outside, by the way, looking in, but your team now, uh, incredible run game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there. Offensive lines doing it. Feels like the offense with Stefanski, with Baker moving. Yesterday, you have 143 yards. Could have had a little bit more left on the table, obviously, but that's going to be every single game. How do you feel about where the team is right now? How the offense is? And what have you guys learned about yourselves to move forward here in an AFC that is very stacked right now? Yeah. Again, playing in, playing in this league, like, you get to understand that, like, you know, you want to start playing your best football around November, December, around this time, you know, and leading up into January, and hopefully everybody wants to play in February. So I think for us, the best football that we have to play is ahead of us. You know, we're going to continue to, you know, take take things positive and negative from the games that we've played, you know, especially this last one. Like you say, we left points out there. We left plays, yards, whatever. So we're just going to continue to look forward to – learning from our mistakes, growing through the positivity, and, you know, like I say, the best football is ahead of us. Do you think that you guys are uh, – that maybe uh, national media members and, and different people may be sleeping on the Browns a little bit, or do you guys feel like you're, you're getting the respect you deserve? No, I mean, I, I think people know we're coming, you know, um, <laughs> and and – that's that i think that that's fair to say you know uh, we play the type of football that you know you, a lot of these teams play that you know we're going to challenge a lot of these teams so 
I think for us, again, like we're just trying to focus on playing our best football um, throughout these last couple of months and, you know, just see where we end up. I think your birthday was a couple of days ago. How old did you become? 28 on the 28th. Hey. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday what did you learn in your 27th year you think that you're going to carry into <laughs> year 28? Man, just be grateful, man. Life is too short. Life is hella short, man. And just be grateful. Continue to love on my family and, mm-hmm. you know, go to work and try to be great. You know, same same things, man. But just as you get older, I think you just get a little bit more wisdom, you know, with things that you, you hope to grow from. Well, I think it's the little things start getting appreciated a lot more as you get older. You know, like the, the things that you just kind of like scrape by, like the little thing. I would assume the wins right now, you guys are enjoying the hell out of those. Now, obviously, socially distanced right. with masks on. Please. Okay, please. Don't dance either. Don't need you dancing in a locker room. COVID, whenever you dance, catches the beat and goes no fun. to whoever else is dancing. Stop <laughs> stop laughing, Jarvis. It takes all of us. It takes all right? of us. Please stop laughing. It takes all of us. Um I, I can't wait to watch your guys' team, man, watch you guys go. What is the what is the locker room like? What was it like whenever you guys had – whenever Odell gets in there and you got Baker and obviously the Miles Garrett situation last year and the team wasn't winning, what is the locker room like? You guys can't be around each other much, but how has Odell and how has Baker been able to both struggle and continue to rise in that lock? What is the locker room like over there? Yeah, I mean, we got we got good leadership, you know, and that's one of the things that we could continue to build on. And I think that's one of the things that's helped us get over this hump. Right. But, you know, again, like it's, it's going to be continual effort, continue just stay into the details with with this unique situation with COVID. Like we were pretty much home the whole morning and go in for, you know, an hour, two hours for practice and then we back home. So I think for us, which I like that schedule. Not being in a building all day, you know, so that's like the perk of, of, of the whole COVID thing. But I mean, outside of that, bro, it's, you know, it's we go in, we work, you know, and we know we don't have time to waste. Hey, do you think some of these some of these young guys that this is all they know, this is their rookie year? Like, do you think it's going to be a big uh, oh. like an eye opening experience when they realize, hey, next year, hopefully next year, I'm going to be at the facility 15 hours a day. Like, is it going to be hard to go back to that for no reason? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they actually know. It's definitely been a unique year for them. So we'll see. Hopefully they'll get handled it well. Um, you threw a toddy, I believe, what, a few weeks? It was an absolute mm-hmm. strike oh, to the corner over there. Let's say, uh, for instance, what happened in the Broncos this weekend. I don't know if you know this. Every quarterback was deemed ineligible the day before the game. Okay, yeah. So Saturday, while they're going through their walkthrough, uh, from what I've been told, quarterbacks sprint off the field in the middle of it. Okay, high-risk contact tracing. You guys are all ineligible. Even though you've been doing a walkthrough, see you later, can't play, get out of here. They bring in a guy. If something like that was to happen for the Cleveland Browns, would you be the quarterback? Yes, sir. Oh. Hey, let's think about that next contract negotiation. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Let's think about that next contact. Uh, We appreciate you so much, man. What do you got today? Just chilling? Man, just chilling, hanging out with the fam. Table work, same thing. Man. You're a cool dude, huh? Yeah, you're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> man, hey, it, the, hey, the price of it, man, it's boring, but it's worth it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jarvis Landry. Hey, that was a cool guy. Mm-hmm. That was a super cool awesome. guy. 
he answered the question too, and I, I asked him like, "Yeah, are, are people sleeping on the Browns?" Because I've seen things now today. Oh, what's wrong with the Browns? They just they barely beat the Jags. Like he answered it perfectly. Nah. Like, hey, they know we're coming. Let me tell you why they barely beat the fucking Jags because oh. of a oh. hit to the head call by the ref. That was absolute garbage bullshit. That was on fourth down oh. turnover on downs. They that score is much different without that mm-hmm. call on Skycam Glennon. And listen, Skycam doesn't deserve that because it wasn't him that made the call. <laughs> but that was a bullshit call at the end of the game. Olivier Vernon was on the sideline celebrating the dub. Just got a fourth down sack. How you doing? Keep it moving. We win the game. Oh no 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 no! You got to come all the way back out. <laughs> and this whole score is going. But you're right though. I, I I think it's because Steelers, Ravens, AFC North is packed right now with talent Steelers are undefeated Ravens last year had the MVP and they won a division I mean it's hard to kind of get in conversation piece there but nine and three ain't nothing to fuck around with at this point uh-uh. nothing nothing at all it's pretty good I think the other you mentioned that the hands of the face which we saw a lot of that especially last night but how about the dude with old Olshofsky or whatever the Patriots dude who got absolutely got screwed got yeah the block you can't block back towards your own end zone the guy first off I understand how the rule is written whatever but how the as I was watching that live, I'm like, oh no, someone's got to get, someone's got to peel back and get this dude, and it was it was beautiful, an actual absolute thing of beauty. But the guy was running, uh, Anthony Jennings, I believe, mm-hmm. stopped. I'm like, he put himself in uh, in big time train, peril there. in front this of a guy, train. Yeah, this guy's running full speed. I'm gonna stop and turn back and just sacrifice my body. Oh wait, I get a penalty. You take this touchdown away from this guy. Come no, on. but also by the way, this guy, how, who knows how many punt return touchdowns he'll ever have in his entire career or whatever. It's not, it's not going to happen again. Probably it's very difficult to do that, by the way, it's very, especially with how everything is now or kick return touchdowns are very difficult to happen, even though Cordell Patterson had a couple and everything like that. And yesterday, I think this weekend we saw more than we've ever seen, especially with the onside kick going back or whatever. But I guess the way you're supposed to do that is you're supposed to act like you're running in front of him and slow down is what you're supposed to do. Because you're not allowed to block back towards your own end zone. But the rule was made so there was no crackbacks coming yeah, back whenever mm-hmm. guys were blindsided and absolutely getting killed. Whether it was a punt return, kick return, or a field goal, a short field goal return where guys were just getting absolutely hammered. But in that particular case, I feel like common sense should have won. I feel like that should have got But it's the rule. Hey! The rules is the rules. Yeah. The rules is the rules. It, I get like the whole you can't block back towards uh, the goal line, but if he's just standing there and letting him run into him, it shouldn't be a, a flag. Yeah, right? and, and what do they I think like you like cuz save it. So you see a save it block a lot, uh-huh. right? Where guys are coming in for a tackle and there's a potential collision happening and you can't block the person because then you're getting their shoulders. So you see a lot of save it blocks where guys turn and they put their butts basically in front of the person. So it's no hands, it's just your body. I think he was supposed to do that in that situation, which by the way, he gets trampled probably yeah, yeah. if he boom 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 boom. But <laughs> Touchdown still happens. It takes all of us. Are you going to do it for your team or not? I mean. Now it's time to learn uh, about the football from a man who is incredibly knowledgeable whenever it comes to uh, a lot of things in the game. Nine-year NFL vet, played both corner and safety, drafted by the Patriots, played for the Panthers and for the Colts for a long time, hosted a man-to-man podcast and everything DB. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Buck. What's the shirt say? What's the hoodie say? Uh, assets over liabilities. A couple Very weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, you had an entire stock market going off in the background there. A lot I of told people- you. I told you about Bitcoin. <laughs> so I didn't tell you. It's small. It's close to all-time highs. The tech is still going nuts. You know, Tesla's doing some things, man. 
I'm sad I didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen to Bitcoin, <laughs> Bitcoin, I had a chance. It, mm-hmm. Don't act like you, t- hey, don't act like you told me about Bitcoin, okay? I want to let, <laughs> I would like to let you know, all right, that when Bitcoin started, somebody offered me one, and I said, I don't believe it, it's fake money, get the fuck out of here. I'd rather spend my money on a professional wrestling ring mm-hmm. or on maybe a hundred shots in different random cities and places. I don't need your little fake, I don't need a full coin, I don't need a Bitcoin, I don't need any of your goddamn thing. And then like four years later, old buddy is sending me pictures of things that he's buying with the selling of his bitcoin and that was a mistake okay the argon nuts all right in oh, morocco no, that was awesome. another thing i got drunk and lost the contact the plugs number probably could Let be learn, mcafee's magic nuts or it could be in everything <laughs> you know what i mean the, the shampoo the face everything mm-hmm. that argon yeah. oil, moroccan oil is in mm. argon nuts are in oh, that could have been me okay so i've missed out on a lot your next one that you give out, though, I'm gonna ride with. I've never dabbled gotcha. in. I've never dabbled in that. I think it's all fake because you know. Wow, he's taking the cocaine out and doing a thing. And he's talking about how it's all just on a. Uh, it's on a carnival. It's on a carnival. You just gotta keep him in there. It's a fugazi. It's a fake. But if you get a good feeling, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna buy alongside you, pal. All right, say less. What football team are you selling immediately that's stinking or crashing as fast as possible? Oh, man. Uh, the Bears are definitely. Oh, oh, they stink, Come on. Hey, that, that defense quit, they said. Do you believe it? Man, I mean, it, it, it looked bad, man. It looked bad all the way around. There was nothing good to, uh, to, <laughs> to find in there. Mitch got thrown back in the mix. He looked uh, terrible as we expected. <laughs> that, that was bad, man. To start off five and one, we kind of all knew they shouldn't have been five and one out of the gate. But um, they have five straight losses. I mean, Nagy, he got to be on that hot seat. A lot of guys, a lot of open slots out there in this off season. So um, he, he's probably be next in line. Let's talk. Axed. Let's talk about the Bears axing that's going to happen. Um, so I guess there's a guy named Ted Thomas. Ted Timothy? What's his name? Ted Phillips. Ted Phillips is the president of the Bears since 1984. They've seen only a couple. I don't know if it's 84. We don't know the accurate number, but whatever. This guy named Dylan called in from Chicago. He's only seen two playoff wins in his life, I guess. So this takes out the Super Bowl run in 06. So he must be pretty young, this guy. But whatever the case is, the Bears have been a disaster for a while now. And it feels like if you're a Bears fan, you have to get to the point where you're just fed up with the operation. But where where does the firing start? Is it Nagy? He's gone. Okay, well, what about Pace? What has Pace done? He, He got Khalil Mack there that's yeah, big yeah. right he got Great Khalil Mack move. there made a play for that but what else has he done and if it's not if it's both of them do you also think about going higher is it an entire culture thing that you need to change in your building and go with you know that that Ted Phillips Phillips guy all the way down like where does it go you think in the cleaning of house I mean you got to start at the top with pace man uh every, everybody everybody talks about the, the Mitch pick and now he'll never live that one down. Obviously, what uh, we all saw what Pat Mahomes did yesterday, we see who D. Watson is. So he'll never live that down. And for a franchise that's been so, um, you know, historically great, but obviously a long, long time since they've been uh, there, you got you got to change it. You got to get back to those winning ways. And uh, when you walk in those in that building, George Hallis, like you see the history, you see all the things in the building. So you got to you got to get back to wins, man. But they've never, I mean, since what. McMahon or whatever that dude name, like who who who's been the good quarterback? Jim, Jim McMahon. Oh. Before they had Rex, he was decent. But um, you know when y'all beat the Patriots, y'all that was pretty much. Oh, you weren't there yet, but when they beat the Patriots, uh, that was pretty much the Super Bowl for them. So um, 
Yeah, they got it. They got to fix that. It starts at the quarterback position, but you got to start. You got to clear house, man. Got what, to start. What was that? What was that white guy's name? He wore the headband. Yeah, Jerry I knew Bass. he had the headband. Cool, 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 cool cat, but uh, I don't know. Cool cat. He was a cool cat. Hey, what? He didn't wear shoes or socks or something like that. Always wore sunglasses. Uh-huh. He was legend of a man, and him and the him and the commissioner had real beef, and that's yeah. why the uh, uh, what was the guy's name? That's why he wore it on the headband. Oh, um, uh, Rose, Rose, Roselle. Yeah, Roselle was the commissioner of the league. I guess he was wearing a headband that Finger. had a sponsor from somebody, yeah. and he was making money. And the NFL told him you can't do that, so he wrote the name of the commissioner's name right across yeah. the top. <laughs> oh, yeah. He also he, nice, he was nice troll job. He was awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> he, bet he would have killed the internet if he. Yeah, so I assume Adidas oh, was paying yeah. him or whatever, and he said you can't have that. It was, that was two times Super Bowl champ. Oh yeah, I got. He wore uh, his Bears jersey. What's that? He wore his Bears jersey at the, when the Packers went to the uh, the White House because he was playing for the Packers at the time when they uh, won the. It was one of the craziest things about that. Yeah, see, those were the days we're talking about. Though, listen to the glory days speak there from a Bears fan and Zito. You, yeah. you, know, you remember Jim McDay did this? He did that. Is a long time ago. <laughs> that was a highlight. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't even alive. He wasn't even alive when this was happening. So you're talking about the third largest city in America. Second, sometimes. Never. The second, ever, never, ever, ever the second. Will never be. Actually, Houston's probably going to pass yep. Chicago, oh, and Houston's yeah. going to become I've number three. I've been in Houston, no way. Yeah, well, you haven't been all of it because it takes three <laughs> hours to drive across it. They, they, got a little, they got a little game they're playing down in Houston where if we just count the entire part of the state as mm-hmm. our city, yeah. you know, we'll be able to count more people in there, which, by the way, love Houston. Yeah. Great city, but it's massive. It's, but anyways, the Bears stink. And Aaron Rodgers, though, on the flip side, hey, Hey, he plays the football good. And when he has all his weapons, Lazard back was a big deal. Obviously, big Bob Tunyon made some plays. That defense started making some plays as well. Do you think the Packers have a chance in the NFC for real this year? They were in the NFC Championship last year. They somehow made a run, right? Everybody was talking about how they're winning ugly or winning ugly. They end up in the NFC Championship. Do you think they can make a run in the NFC this year for real? Yeah, man. I think anybody who got a, um, a top-notch quarterback in the NFC has a chance because every every team at the top kind of has question marks. Um, I think the Saints has, you know, they have the best roster, but you know, you got Taysom Hill at quarterback. Um, he had the first, you know, the first week he was out there it was decent, but uh, I said on the show uh, right after I said, you know, two three weeks down the line it's going to be real tough for him to play quarterback. You know, in December, you know, playing like really having to drop back and make reads and make throws. Um, when they get near that damn goal line, they run that quarterback power to touchdown. But, you know, between the 20s, it's going to be different. So uh, that would be interesting to watch how that quarterback situation unfolds. But, uh, you know, Seattle, we'll see them play tonight. Their defense still has a bunch of question marks. The Bucks, they're up and down uh, week in and week out. You know, know what you're going to get from them. So, um, you know, I feel like everybody has a chance over there who has a top-notch quarterback. Six-and-a-half point favorites tonight somehow. Only six-and-a-half against the Eagles. How do you see it? And what? Only. It was only, yeah. Only. I think the Eagles stink, dude. Mm, they, 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 they're a team that's in complete disarray. I, Peterson's potentially up. Mm-hmm. His name's potentially up for grab With Carson Wentz, that might be a whole new. Yeah. There's a lot of people, by the way, and this is social media, and this is what the internet is. You can mm-hmm. you can air your grievances to people who are connected to the place that you're having grievances with. Like social media has made people who complain voices so much louder than they ever Way were louder. before. Eagles Eagles in the past, I assume their fans were just as mad as they are now in the past moments because that's Eagles fans have 
legendary emotional outbursts about everything or whatever. But the Eagles were able to say, well, no, I mean, they're upset, but they're hopeful or whatever. And then now with social media, it's like, oh, see, I think you're wrong because I'm going to let you know what this person just said. This person just said, if Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz are on the Eagles next year, they will switch allegiances to another fucking team. That, <laughs> that is what this Eagles season I mean, ticket holder just said. It, it's like, it, it's changed everything. We're about to have maybe eight positions up for grabs after this year. Lot, it's, it's, it's everybody, a lot of turnover. And the Eagles are potentially a team. Tonight, they're six-and-a-half-point dogs. How do you see it going? I mean, I definitely see uh, Seattle covering. I'll say they went by a touchdown. Um, Peterson, I think he'll get another sh- – I think he'll get one more stab at it next year just because of all the vacancies that there'll be in this offseason. Um, Wentz, though, I think it, they're a couple weeks late uh, pulling that plug on Wentz. Um, unless Jalen Hurts is just looking trash in practice, I, I mean, I don't see why you don't give him a shot at this point. Wentz has been playing terrible. Um, with all the guys out there, um, Dan Orlowski being number one, making every excuse in the book that you can make for Carson Wentz for the last couple of years Whoa. since his 13-3 and tear MVP rate. We've been talking about that for years now, but who's the guy been on uh, the last, you know, two years? And uh, if you look at it, He's just been a sloppy football player, talented, but sloppy, doesn't take care of the ball, and that'll cost you. Um, so I think um, Seattle definitely come and get that win tonight. Um, I think Russell, I think he throws over that 285 um, tonight. Ooh. He's gone back-to-back games now, um, under 250, I think 240-something, and then two, like 200 yards barely um, against the, with the win against the Cardinals. And um, every other game, every other game, he's been over 300. So um, that was the last two two back-to-back games that he wasn't. So he'll be over 300 tonight, and uh, he definitely gets that win. Okay, so Russell Wilson over 287 and a half, and you have the Seattle Seahawks covering. Uh, it's at six and a half right now by at least a touchdown. Does the fact that it was his birthday yesterday also hammer home and solidify Ooh, that fact that he's going to absolutely dominate today? We've seen some birthday performances. That not Naeem Hines' performance. Mm-hmm. You know, they got whooped up on yesterday. But, um, yeah, might be something to it. We'll see. Dangerous. We'll see. But uh, Eagle, one, another thing, Eagles don't turn the ball over on defense. They don't create any turns. And, obviously, when Russell did struggle, it was with him throwing picks, getting reckless with the ball. Eagles, yeah, like seven they're, they're pretty middle of the road when it comes to defending the pass, but they don't create turnovers, so that's going to cost them. He literally had seven turnovers in, like, three weeks or something like that. Yeah, lost a couple fumbles, too. Yeah. He was broken. I, think, I want to say 10. It was almost, I think, 10 in three weeks. Is he broken? Been, but, uh, Did they have a body? Nah, nah, he'll bounce back, man. Plus, you see. Oh, whoa. wait a minute. I didn't know he. This is broken Russ. I forgot about this. We are currently in the middle of broken Russ. Uh-huh. Maybe the birthday, though. Maybe the birthday he New came Russ. back. Because oh. I was buying everything you were selling until I remember that Russell, Russell Wilson's broken right now. Chris Carson comes back Stop. tonight, which is huge for him. Huge. He was broken. Huge. He was what? He, he, he's chucking he, it up. Bro, he, he sees what's going on, man. He looked like Mitchell Trubisky a couple yeah, times. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've said it, nah, dude. Never, never. Can't, can't, it'll be hard. He'll have to play left-handed look like that. <laughs> that fourth but Russell will be, Russell be back. He'll be back in the talks of that. He'll be back in MVP talks in a couple weeks. You got Pat mm-hmm. Mahomes who kind of – he got man. He got in the driver's seat like for for real, for real last night uh, yesterday. Then you got um, a Rod had a, a, yes. another amazing performance, so he's kind of got back in the conversation. Then Russ got to get back in there. Russ was number Aaron's. one until he fell off, so Aaron I think Russ gets back in the convo tonight. Aaron Rodgers right here. I assume MVP talk. Patrick Mahomes like right here. You think right below? Right below. I would say Patrick Mahomes be one. A-Rod would be like right here. Nah, nah, nah. See, see the way I'm seeing it is this way right here. Aaron Rodgers here. Patrick Mahomes like right here. You know what I mean? 
like right here and right here. You know what I mean? Take him now. He's great value. Mahomes is minus 400. Uh, Rodgers is plus 600 in second place. Oh, oh. Uh-oh. That's this guy I got, too. Whoa. That's this guy right. I got. And now, how, conf- how confident are you then? Now you're saying this guy's up here, and now he's an underdog? <laughs> 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 Aaron, right now. Well, that's how the sports books have it as well. And it does feel yeah. like what Patrick Mahomes was doing yesterday was just unbelievable. Now, granted, they did fall victim to their success early where they decided that they weren't going to continue to step on the throat. They let the Bucks get in. Chiefs don't cover. But Patrick Mahomes, oh, all last play. Yeah, they didn't cover. It was unbelievable. Three and a yeah. half. Outrageous. You, you saw it coming too you saw it coming not not no you didn't no you, you didn't saw, you saw it coming when you got enough in the second half i want to say late third quarter they might have went 17 i think it was 17 27 it was like yep i see it happen yeah oh, yeah everybody everybody was seeing things I, I was just i was just feeling you know that the chiefs were going to keep going but this is what they did last year in their playoff run, their magical run, after they lost yeah. to the Texans, the Colts, whenever they have to turn it on, they turned it on. They scored, what, 28 points in one quarter in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. because they were getting shut out. It's like, all right, we got to turn it on. Let's do it. They have that ability, and I don't know who can stop it whenever they decide to turn it on. Obviously, nobody has been able to when they decide to go on full four. And they have Lev Bell, who's starting to play football very good again. Yeah, the, I mean, it, as crazy as it sounds, the best option, the best option you have to beat the Chiefs is you got to – do your very, very, very best to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. And as crazy as it sounds, he can kill you from the pocket as well. But when he extends plays to his right or his left, that backpedal he does to the left of the pocket is like, it's unbelievable how he opens up the field, can make every throw. But um, you keep him in that pocket. And obviously, you got to turn him over when you when you get a chance. And, uh, you know, guys that don't do that, he's going to make you pay for it. You can't double Kelsey and, and Hill every play. You got to keep it safe over top of Hill. But um, that's your best bet, man. Have a front four that can get after him. But more importantly, keep him in that pocket because once he gets out of that pocket and extends plays, you really can't stop, uh, you know, Ty Hill or Kelsey back there. Poor Carlton Davis, dude. He had no shot, dude. No shot. And they were zoomed in on him hanging his head. They were zoomed in on him going like this. I'm like, all right, take it easy on this guy because uh, every corner in the NFL, if they had to go one-on-one with Tyreek Hill and there were seven, eight, nine second long plays (laughs) happening, there's no way that you can keep up. His name is Cheetah. There's no way you can keep up. He was stuck in a situation where he was no win the entire way that that's a bad feeling to be in that blender man that's what we call it as dbs just been in a blender and it's just it's, it's sometimes there's nothing you can do you know i've been in a blender i've been in a, a big band blender i've been in a Peyton blender and sometimes it's just it's just nothing you can do man he had that red dot on him and uh but i can't put that all on him man you can't come into the game saying i'm gonna put carlton davis press one-on-one against the cheetah like even if that play call comes in and I'm Carl Davis, like I'm looking back at, you know, but they are safety behind me, like, hey, you you take you get over there and take care of this over route so I can get outside leverage and I'll take care of this other stuff. But you can't try to play on one on one straight up. You can't do it. They tried, man. Best receiver in the NFL right now. That's my overreaction today. He's the best in the NFL. Start on one on one. Did you just punch something over there? It sounded like you just put out yeah, some electric. <laughs> How passionate you were. I, um, back whenever he was returning punts, too. Is that me or who is that now? Hold on. My thing's cracking, too, when I talk. Whenever he was returning punts, I thought he was potentially the most dangerous football player to ever play football. Because whenever he was punt returning, it was 
unstoppable basically if he wanted to it's like if you needed one and you didn't hit it perfect he's on the other side of the field already he can take that thing to the house if he needs to then on offense Andy Reid just has he never gets tired it seems like he never gets tired they run him so much he either as a decoy or a distraction to open up other things and he still feels like he is just running it's unbelievable his durability too is um you would think with somebody who's that fast with yeah he's strong yeah he's it's strong. He's, he's built and um i've never seen a combination of someone that fast but that quick at the same time usually you're one or the other either you're you know quick as hell like a west walker in short area space or you can just fly like a marquis goodwin or something but this dude has world-class speed and world-class quickness and then he's he's built you know he's stocky he's not like a a lanky sprinter so um, he's a tough tackle but uh yeah best receiving the league right now bro. so last question before we let you go you're uh we can't thank you enough for your time here amber coming up against Oh, I think your things your, your you you broke your thing whenever you hit your thing. Not in, not. We, what's, a lot of static. Yeah, static. A lot of static. It looks great, <laughs> but you broke your oh, thing. Shit. No, you broke your thing. I mean, oh. No. Is it fixed? Oh. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. Much better. All right, cool. What are you running a board over there? Jeez. <laughs> I'm getting my zero on over here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, boy. Hey, that's awesome. Um, last question before we let you go here. Tony Romo was talking about how you can watch the Chiefs on film, and then whenever you get to experience it, you're like, couldn't ever guess that speed was coming. Is that something that happens? Is like you see something on film, you think you have a plan for it, and then in real life, oh, this is much different than we thought it was going to be. It's, it's, it's exactly what we saw when uh, when Nate Robinson hopped his ass in that boxing ring. <laughs> <laughs> you can train you for more, it, you can spar, you can do all the cute oh. IG videos and shit, but when those oh. lights roll and you step in that ring, it's a whole different ball game, oh, and you no. don't play boxing. So you can watch that shit on film, you can go and walk through, you can put whoever is the fastest kid on practice squad in the jersey with number 10 on, but until you get on that field and get out there with them, is nothing like it, man. Hey, and we have to say much respect to Nate for stepping in there, obviously. Yeah, boy, Nate. That nah, is... nah, the hell with that. Stop, 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 stop. People need to stop saying that shit, man. Stay in your lane, man. You, you, you want to call about for a fight, fight, that's cool. But boxing, that's a whole nother ball game, man. I'm glad Snoop was commentating. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh made the night. All right. Oh. Um, by the way, Jake Paul does not fuck around in there. He's been doing it for like three yeah. years at this point. Now, granted, the match, the boxing match was not clean or pretty at all i mean it was very <laughs> terrible to watch but the fact that i would never get it somebody tweeted that they want me to box jake paul next it's like no fucking chance okay <laughs> the cardio that is involved in that oh. <laughs> no way am i anywhere near that and also i don't have time just to get practice getting punched in the face which is what you have to do for boxing <laughs> Dedicate you, your you entire have to life. get punched <laughs> in the face and be like okay with it like i'm not there's no way i'll do it so that's why i say Respect to no, Nate it, Robinson for getting in there. I'm be real with you for the culture. It got to be a black dude to beat him. It got to be a black dude to get in. We done had Wilder. He done got his ass whooped by Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Robinson, you done got went in there and got your ass whooped by Jake. This YouTube dude. So we got to get somebody in there, man. Ron Artez, come out of retirement. <laughs> oh, yes. holy yes. shit. Yes. All right. Hey, man. Good luck right, to the baby, culture. Hey, good luck to the culture. I'm not exactly thrilled, okay, with the way that was uh, laid out, obviously, because Jake Paul deserves, uh, you know, he's representing the entire white race, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so going to be luck. a lot of black dudes getting tried, getting walked up for. <laughs> come on, man. We got to Come on now. Somebody got to shit. <laughs> Darius Butler. Right? Yeah, Let's go, people. Uh,
The holidays are just around the corner. Are you looking for a way to stay connected with loved ones during the holidays? Everyone knows this year is going to be a little different in terms of social distancing. Gatherings are going to be a lot smaller. There may be some people who you're used to seeing every single year who you don't get the opportunity to see this year. And that's why Skylight Frames is a perfect gift for staying connected with your loved ones. I want to give a gift that you know makes my mom feel like she's with me during the holidays because we probably aren't going to see each other. So for a really special gift for the special people in your life, you've got to check out the Skylight Frame. Skylight Frame is a photo frame you can update instantly by email from anywhere. A great way to feel close to those you love even when you're separated. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. You just plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network, and you're good to go. And sending photos to Skylight is effortless. Everyone in the family can just email them to your personal Skylight email address, and they'll pop up in seconds. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to keep large networks of friends and families in touch. It has a black frame and white mat, so it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. And Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent you the photo. And satisfaction is a hundred, and it's a hundred percent satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. You can preload it with your favorite photos for a personalized gift and import pictures of you and either you know your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance, your kids, whatever it may be that they didn't even know you had. Like I said, I gave one of these to my mom for Christmas because I'm not going to be going home this year. It has. Me, my fiance, my dog in it, and it just kind of sits there and lets her know I'm thinking about her. You know, it's simple, so she doesn't have to mess around with it. Anyone can set it up. She absolutely loves it. And now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code McAfee. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com dot com and enter code McAfee. That's S K Y L I G H T F R A M E dot com. Promo code McAfee. We're joined by AJ Hawk. AJ, yesterday, what did you learn from the teams? We we kind of went through this in the first and second hour, but I'm excited to hear your take. Here's our thoughts. Ready? Bears dead. Mm-hmm. See you later. Yep. Dunza. Buccaneers currently broken, but got four games after this bye week to hopefully build some confidence and find it. Denver Broncos. I didn't enjoy the way they were all happy after that game uh, that they participated, basically. But they were put in a no-win situation. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, unbeatable whenever they decide to be. Las Vegas Raiders, what the fuck happened to them? Uh, and uh, Miami Dolphins get a win. Well, that's basically all we got. <laughs> yeah, that was it. No. Arizona Cardinals. Come see, come saw. You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Is it more Bill Belichick or is it more Kyler and Cliff kind of uh, being hit or miss depending on the weeks? We don't know. Hopefully it's it's not Bill Belichick still causing quite a problem because the Patriots could potentially backdoor this thing Uh-oh. if a week 18 has to happen with 16 teams. That's where we're at. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Well, first, does anyone feel – let's say the Patriots find a way to get to the playoffs. Does anyone really feel that they're a true threat to make a run? No. 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 Absolutely okay. not. That's I agree. I, I concur with that statement. But also, the Raiders. When I was watching the Raiders, I, I couldn't believe as the score keeps going more and more. But they turned the ball over five times. So, if I'm a Raiders fan, I, I wouldn't write them off. I wouldn't say they're dead. 
I think, hey, this hopefully is an outlier. We're not going to turn the ball over five times every single time we play. But we did get annihilated by the Atlanta Falcons, so I might be a little bit worried, but I'm not complete. I wouldn't be out on the Raiders. That was tough. I mean, that was a tough game to watch. The Falcons, the Bucks have to play the Falcons twice in their final four games. If the Falcons are going to play the way they played, greedy, stingy on defense, potentially bad news for the Bucks, mm-hmm. right? Potentially. The Buccaneers, though, is the big story coming out of the weekend. Now, obviously, Chiefs doing the Chiefs stuff. Packers doing the Packers stuff, Bears being dead. I, I think that was declared even when they were 5-1. and one. Mm-hmm. The big story is, are the Bucks broken? And does Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, are they, do they have enough time to figure it out, or will they ever figure it out? They look like they were lost. They didn't look confident or happy yesterday. That was a bad football uh, game by that team. Yeah, it was weird. It's the same thing that I've said on here before. Like Tom didn't look comfortable. He never looked like... Never looked like he's having fun. That's the that's yeah. the tough about it. And it. And I can imagine being in his position. I think Romo explained it a few times during the game. How more than a few. More, yeah. more sure. That, quite a few Bill. times. I thought that was yeah. But it is true. Like you kind of you absolutely need to be on the same page with your receivers. Like you you can't have any doubt when you're going to pull the trigger whether he's going to take this up or he's going to step back. It's going to be back shoulder. Like all those little things like that. They may be. I wouldn't call them broken. I, I think they can absolutely put it together. I'm not 100 percent confident they will. But earlier in the show, I, I so I watched – I got up here a little bit earlier today, Pat. Oh, and really? I watched some of it. And oh, you guys started talking you, about man. the Patriots – or no, you started talking about the Bucks and Bruce Arians, the whole relationship. And I wrote down here on my little sheet of paper, nice. I was like, whoa, does Tom have the power to get Josh McDaniels in there as the head coach next year? And you said it. As I'm thinking this and writing it down, you're like, can you imagine? <laughs> and I was like, geez, this is – we're on the same wavelength. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, if it continues to go this way – is there any chance that we see Tom Brady try to to find a way to just – I don't want to say screw over Bruce Arians, but say, hey, I got another season left on my contract here. Let's win a Super Bowl, and then McDaniels can just take this thing and run with it. Let's let's talk about your notes that you took there. Uh, incredible idea by you, by boy, the way. Yeah, I'm happy you wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, and we, all, we talked about this last week. The fact that that hand can even grab him to something the right way yeah. insane. is very impressive. <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? It. Very, oh, very – very, very impressive now that we think about it. But let's talk about that <laughs> notes section there. McDaniels, now Randy was there, I guess. Was McDaniels offense coordinator when Randy was there? No. Charlie Weiss, who was it? Uh, it was after Weiss. Who, I, I don't know the name per se. McDaniels oh, and Brady have had a lot of success without just a stacked lineup at the weapons department, right? I mean, if you think about that offense, I mean, it's just, obviously, it's the same reason they were, as Bruce Arians titled it, handed the Super Bowl in August. I mean, that Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who I think is up, he's really, Mm -hmm. really good at the football. I think my respect level for him, now granted, I know last year they both had massive seasons, everything like that, but we didn't watch them on TV every single week, which we knew what would happen whenever Tom gets down there. We get a chance to respect and appreciate them a little bit more. Those two are unbelievable. Then you add in Antonio Brown, looks like he's still got it. Gronk feels like he's still got it. You have Rojo, who has only got the ball nine times last night, rushed for 66 yards. He's able to go. Leonard Fournette seems to be broken as well, but they got him late in the season, maybe with an offseason if McDaniels was able to utilize his big brain and know exactly what Tom Brady likes and what Tom Brady doesn't like. that That's the thing. Now, I'm not saying Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians' offense is is not success-having a bull. 
Okay? Nailed it. Nailed it. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that at all. Like, I think that offense can be successful. But I don't know if Tom Brady is the guy to be successful in that offense that has happened down there. There's there's next to no play action. The run game's non-existent. They ran it five times three weeks ago. They ran it 11 times yesterday. It's just like a a balanced offense has always been the Patriots thing. Like, that's why you knew who the running backs were. That's why you knew the play action was going to work for them. There's a lot of plays that kind of go into the thing. They're not doing it. But if McDaniels, who knows Tom Brady inside and out, and he's wanted to be a head coach before he was in Denver, he took the job in Indianapolis, flew there, turned the plane back around, said, fuck you, I'm out, that whole thing. I don't know. That would be a weapon. But aside from that, are they done with Bruce down there? Do they think it's potentially Bruce's fault? At Nick Marotta, what do you got? So it was McDaniels from 2005 to 2008 as the O coordinator. He left, obviously, to take the Broncos job, came back in 2012, and has been there ever since. What was that? 2006 was his big year, right? Seven. 2007? Yeah, when he had 23 and Brady had 50. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty big day. So that was Josh McDaniels. The others were Charlie Weiss and, of course, Billy O'Stooge. Oh, yeah, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Maybe get Bill down there. He's free. Ooh. I'm surprised you guys, because you guys believe in this so much. You think during the bye week they need a uh, players-only meeting? No, they can't. Can't even have players-only Zoom? That, that ain't yeah. going to happen. A pizza party. You can't have that. Fucking Buccaneers. Hey, yeah, it's definitely Zoom players-only, and you got to keep scrolling through to see everybody's face. you got to make sure like all the 72 pages you have to pull up. Yeah, and make sure they're all paying attention, too. You know what I mean? And if somebody wants to chime in, they can't chime in when the other 70 are. Nope. So excuse me, please be quiet. Put yourself on mute, okay? It's on the lower left. Or scroll past it. Need you to mute yourself, okay? Because we don't want to hear from you. We want to hear from the people that are supposed to talk. What's going on, Zach? Hey, Pat, how you doing? Not too shabby, man. What do you want to talk about? So I just finished volunteering coaching for an integrated team down here in Jersey, and got a kid who's looking for tips on how to be a long snapper. Any tips you got? Yeah, just go ahead and throw that thing, man. Let's go to Sam in North Carolina. A guy in Germany? Jersey. Jersey. No, it's just reps, dude. It's just something you got to practice. Everybody, hey, everybody have their own stroke, dude. You just got to get down there and practice. It's a reps thing. It's a reps thing. Trial and error, big time. What's that? Shouldn't you? Don't you think the easiest – that's something you can do by yourself. Put a spot on the wall and snap at it 7,000 times a day. Yeah. that's. Whenever I started seeing long snappers do that, I was, like, pumped for them for having a drill finally. You know what I mean? Because there for a long time, it was just them snapping it to each other. And then I saw, like, targets start to get placed. I'm like, yo, this is Here good. Go. You guys got a drill. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, but – there's if you're going to be good at it it's going to take a lot of reps that's it's kind of like a muscle memory thing that you have to get into so it's just reps repetition and you're also going to have to be good with blood rushing to your head and still being able to perform and also knowing that if you make one fuck up you're probably fired all right here we go what do you want to talk about sam in north carolina Hey, Pat. Hey, AJ. Hey, the boys. Uh, appreciate you guys taking my call. Oh, yeah. uh, first things first is I want to thank AJ personally for getting me pulled out of Spanish class in seventh grade when my dad surprised me with tickets to go to the Lombardi Trophy celebration at Lambeau. So without a Super Bowl win, I was unable to do that. So nice. Nice. Estamos, mi amigo. CC, AJ. Hola. Hola. Great. It was a very, no, very cold is, day, too. You probably would have rather been in your classroom. Oh, it was no, chilly out there? Matter. Oh, yeah. No, it was absolutely freezing. Were you blacked out? Totally you were blacked out? It. AJ, you were blacked out, yeah? 
No, I wasn't blacked out. I was on my way to surgery, so I was given left-handed high fives. Oh, oh I was blacked <laughs> out. That's tough, dude. That's tough. No, I can't drink going into surgery. Why? Yeah, really? Why? <laughs> going. You can't even get a tattoo. Drunk. You get a, You barely get a tattoo if it's Come a legit on. place. You can't Jeez. eat before. They, you're you gotta change the doctor rules. Let's go to Sam and North. <laughs> Sam, what do you want to talk about, man? Jeez. <laughs> Hey guys, so I know that it is Monday, so we need to overreact to some things. And I, uh, I appreciate you guys already talking about the Tom Brady, Bruce Arians situation in uh, Tampa Bay because I got some things I need to say about it. Oh, here we go. Okay, let's my, go. Good luck. Let's not, go, Sam. Not that, not that my word means anything, but last season no, in Tampa Bay, they had Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston threw for. 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns. That's a lot of yards, dude. Put him in. Before LASIK. Now, downside of that, he had 30 picks as well. And the narrative around Jameis is poor decision-making, and he's an inaccurate thrower. Now, Tom Brady needs two hands to hold all his Super Bowl rings. And I don't think the Tom Brady narrative has ever been that he's an inaccurate thrower or makes reads. Or make bad rings, I should say. Depending on his hands. So, they're they're pretty big rings now. In Tampa Bay, I think the problem is Bruce Arians. And coming out after all uh, of these past few games (laughs) where he just kind of shits on Tom Brady, he uh, is saying things like, oh, the chemistry is not there and they need to mesh together better, the QB and the receiving core. It's week 12. How are you not – how are things not meshed together? How- Great question there, Sam. So long road to blaming Bruce Arians, uh, which goes back to our McDaniels conversation. I wonder how locked in B.A. is. Because you got to remember, 2020, interesting year. And I, I think, you know, with David Caldwell getting fired down there in Jacksonville, who Michael Lombardi calls David Blaine Caldwell <laughs> because he's done so many magic tricks to save his goddamn job because he's had nothing – but failure down there as a GM or whatever. Because remember, Tom Coughlin was there while David Caldwell was there at the same time. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of failure that has happened down there in uh, Jacksonville. And coming up after this year, they have like $100 million in cap space. They have a bunch of picks. They have two ones, two twos. I mean, that's a job I think that's going to be highly sought after for GM. And you have an owner who has a lot of money and will spend a lot of money. So, I mean, that feels like that's a place. Now, you're going to have to get a quarterback, which you're in the running with only one win so far. I mean, that's a job that's it's going to be tempting, but I didn't expect as much movement in the 2020 season because of how there was no offseason, there's no meeting times, guys aren't even allowed to eat lunch together in a locker room. It's a year where it's tough to judge what is actually good and what's bad, but this year it feels like with some teams having success and playing well and some teams playing terrible, a lot of owners have been like, well, you could be like them and you're not. You're gone. You've sucked for a while. This is the year we're going to make the change. It's been interesting to kind of see that. Bruce Arians, will he get fired? I have no idea. Will he ride off into the sunset like he's done before? I have no idea, but that's an interesting conversation that is being had, not just by us, by the way. Well, my question would be how much longer do they go like this? Like, let's say they lose a couple more games. They have four more. They lose, what, two out of the next four, and their offense never really seems to click. Do people start to blame Bruce or Tom? Like, I guess that that is a good question. Maybe a poll question for Zito someday. Do people blame Bruce or Tom more for their their lack of success? Last four games after the bye, they got Vikings, Falcons, Lions, Falcons. Okay, so those are all winnable games. Now, 
just as we were talking about David Caldwell there, the Lions obviously are without Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, the GM and the head coach. That's already three jobs that are open. You talk about Houston, there's five jobs that are already open. The Jets, you assume, that's going to be a clean sweep. There's seven jobs that are open already. Chargers, the probably, Chargers yeah. probably with Anthony. Oh, my fucking God, Anthony Lynn. <laughs> All the Browns thing, bang, in the head, fourth and ten. Give him extension. Browns don't cover. Even though I didn't want the Browns, Gumpy gave me the Browns. Can't back off the Browns because the Browns win. I'm the idiot that backed off of a bet that I was forced to take by Gumpy. So I was forced to take it. Browns don't cover because of that. Shout out to you, Gumpy. We lost together, though. So it was not your fault. But in my eyes, you potentially fucked me a little bit. Okay? Chargers. Okay, now the Chargers, somehow, their time management, and this has not been just yesterday, by the way. Okay, I think whenever you bet on the Chargers, you're betting on the fact that Herbert is the truth. You're like, this kid, for whatever reason, he's going to be in games. He's very good. And yesterday, whenever they were leading down before half, before half, Anthony Lynn let like 15 to 16 seconds go off, then called a timeout, and it got down to like 20 seconds or whatever. It was like, oh, okay, that's a shit decision there. Can't get worse than that. And he's like, just wait, just wait. Fourth quarter comes around. They throw a fourth and 27 deep ball. Okay, they're down 10 or whatever at this time. Fourth and 27 deep ball. No timeouts. They sprint up there. They run a draw. Okay, instead of spiking the clock there, you have first down inside the five-yard line at this point. Instead of spiking the ball, let's regather here. Okay, let's get some time. Let's go ahead and set this whole thing up. They run a draw. Tackled inbounds, obviously short. Clock's still running. We're not going to spike it yet either. Oh, it's going to be a delayed spike. I'm going to throw it in the ground over here. Then with six seconds left, the game is over. Now you're not in it. We're going to line up in shotgun, go under center, and the only person that's going to think this is a quarterback sneak is the quarterback. Everybody else is going to pass that. We're going to die, and we're not going to cover the four and fucking half that we should have covered. Uh-huh. And there's just there's been multiple situations over there where decisions are made by players, and it's like, is that them? Is that the coach? And it's happened so many times. And the Chargers have lost so many games this year that they should have won, that they just kind of pissed away. I would assume that job has to be open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Well, when you continue to make mistakes like that, like they've continued to, to fumble through games they should win. Yeah, coaches can only, put, coaches can only do so much. But when, when it happens time and time again, of course, the blame's going to go to the head coach. And Anthony Lynn is the guy fielding all of that, that heat right now. But I hope at least you took the uh, – the Titans in the over, like I told you. That one that one hit. I did take the Titans, by the way. I did take the Titans. Strictly because DeForest Buckner was out. So DeForest Buckner's out. That's problematic, especially for the way the Titans play, which is right up the gut. So I, that wasn't like even a shot at the Colts. It was looking at the injury report and being like, this is not a good day to have that guy out. Like, if we're playing against another team that wasn't the Tennessee Titans, I would say, okay, without DeForest Buckner, uh, Colts are going to be okay. But against the Tennessee Titans, the middle of your line just has to be steady. Like, it just has to be sturdy. It has to make a difference. So whenever you lose that guy, it's gone. And all the local people, I talked about this in the first hour, they're talking about depth at the D-line. It's like you can have as much depth as you want. If you don't have DeForest Buckner, your defense is going to be very different. It's like the Chicago Bears defense, how, how much yeah. different it is without Akeem Hicks. Yeah. Like, what do you – Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think they quit – I don't know if they quit. They might just be mentally and physically exhausted of trying to so. carry that team. That's what I it think, feels like. I think so, too. And it's easy to do that, by the way, because the humans are involved. But let's remember, hey, you pay kids ransom play, mm-hmm. kids game. Hey, fuck it, every snap counts, all right? Could be your last one. I would love to know what Chuck is drumming up for the next speech. <laughs> 
Chuck is awesome, man. Chuck, I bet you those players love Chuck, if I had to guess. But I bet you Chuck is even at the point of potentially, all right, what do we go this week to get these boys back into it? <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Mitch Trubisky, he looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> hey, you look good this week. Let's go ahead and fucking go for it, boys. Do you think they there's a chance they hire in-house and stick with Pagano? I wonder, I, I, it's very interesting because if Khalil Mack wants out, which I don't know if he said that, if there's rumblings, that might be a complete overhaul and probably go with somebody young. If oh, I, had okay. I don't know if Chuck wants to be a head coach. I've never talked to him about it, but I feel like that's potentially a young job, maybe. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're going to get. Wouldn't you think it's an offensive coach's job, too? Yeah. I mean, maybe, dude. Who knows with the Bears, dude? Hey, when Ted Phillips is pulling the trigger, yeah. up, huh? you don't know what that guy's going to do. Let's go to Josh in San Diego. What's going on, Josh? I mean, fuck, you basically took my whole uh, my whole uh, sequence there with the Chargers. I was going to ask you what the biggest problem was. By the way, shout out to you and the boys. Uh, also told Wifey this year to not make any fucking mashed potatoes. So <laughs> definitely Terrible decision. overloaded on the, on the stuff in Big Goose, you know what I'm saying? Hey, Big Goose, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> All right. My Goose. Call it that. Yeah, that guy's that awesome. Um, Woo. Yeah, I would assume Chargers fans are because you see you see Herbert and you see how good he is, and you just went through this with Philip Rivers, right? You saw how good Philip Rivers was, and he never really got anywhere. So now you see Justin Herbert, and you're like, was it Philip Rivers? Was it the coaching? Was it the team? Let's not let Justin Herbert's career get wasted here by stupidity. Yeah, and they, I mean they have Keenan Allen, they have Mike Williams, they have Austin Eckler, they have a good defense. Like yeah. at some point. You got to kind of look. That's probably a good-looking job. Oh, it's a great-looking oh, yeah. job. Probably the best-looking one, right, with a top-five, top-ten pick in the bag, it's a, too. It depends where Jacksonville lands in the draft order. Because if you have $100 million-plus, you have two number ones, two number twos, <laughs> and you have an owner like Jacksonville who will spend whatever. I mean, Shad Khan, I think we've he'll spend whatever, that guy. Yeah. To, he put two pools in a stadium to make mm-hmm. it. You know what afraid, I mean? Though. He's not afraid to spend money. I feel like that job is a desirable place. But whenever you look at the Chargers roster, whenever it's L.A., you got a whole new build. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of things over there. What, what were you about to say? I was going to say that uh, Herbert at least is known. Like, yeah, the, you, you might have this top pick where you get Fields or uh, what's his name? Lawrence. Lawrence, but you don't know if they're exactly known. Like, you know Herbert's good. Yeah, Herbert's really fucking good. He's awesome to watch, man. Mm-hmm. He's really awesome to watch. That's an the Chargers' job is an amazing gig. If Anthony Lynn does get fired, which I'm not, I'm not saying he should, but Joey Bosa, you wasted a huge day Joey Bosa had yesterday yeah. as well. Like you have a ton of young talent, and you have this window now with Herbert where you need to try to make a run here in the next two, three years. Listen, I don't want to get anybody fired. Okay, everybody's got families. Anthony Lynn's a great coach. He'll get another job somewhere, and his family will have to move. That sucks, but it does feel as if he should probably or is probably going to get fired. You know what I mean? Feels like that's probably going to happen. Yeah, but going back to you saying, are you trying to compare the Jags' job to yeah. the Chargers as the head coach. Now, well, just full operation. I think. <laughs> well, because Tom Telesco, that's a great roster. I'd assume he's not going to get run out of town. Friend of the show, big brain guy. They have a great roster. So I would assume it, he's at least got another year or two with and probably. He, he just drafted Herbert. I mean, that yeah. looks like a good move as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Chiefs in the division, though. Oh, oh right. yeah. Oh, that, is kind of, of, that is a downside. Yeah. Just, but yeah. also, Jags, you're like, hey, you're wide open in there. I mean, who knows who's going to play quarterback for the Colts after this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he'll still be around. He's going to be tough, but, I mean, they don't have any draft picks or money. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Tennessee Titans yesterday, if they run into a team that can't stop the run, they're going to be tough for anybody. So it, I think the Jags isn't that bad of a job. It, but it's also – it's going to be what? Head coach and GM. Who do you – GM gets hired first and then you let the GM pick the head coach or do you hire the head coach and ask him who he thinks should be the GM? I think it depends, but normally the, the normal route is to hire the GM first and then – I know normally, out. but who do you, if you were to run it, if you had a great head coach, I'd almost be like – Hey, who could you work well with? Because it feels like if a GM and a head coach don't work well, I've, I've seen this, okay? And not necessarily the Colts, but in the history of the NFL. If the GM and the head coach aren't on the same page, that is, it's over. And it happens. It happens in the NFL a lot. Absolutely. It happens all the time. Like, think about it. Because the GM, a lot of teams, the GM, he controls the roster. Hey, I, I bring guys in. I send guys away, whatever. I'm not in, in good GMs, if they do that, they stay out of the football. They, they, they don't go to the head coach's the head coach in a staff meeting, like, hey, you need to make sure this guy, he only had 12 snaps. He needs 24 to 26 snaps a game. Like, if, he, if you're doing that as the GM, like, I can imagine being the head coach, that'd get pretty old. Last call here from Alex in Wisconsin. What's going on, Alex? That was small text. I feel good about it. Hey, man, how's it going again? Not too shabby, man. What do you want to talk about, brother? I got Lisa. Hey, man, I just, want, I just, I just got a comment here. You know, you talked about it a couple, I believe sometime last week, quite frequently commentators in the NFL are insufferable. And, you know, I felt this way for a long time. You know, it really first hit me. There was a game last year with uh, the the Chiefs and the Texans, right? And uh, I know you didn't, you know, do any name dropping last week, but I got to do it here. You know, and it was Dan Fouts calling a game, okay, with the two – Two best quarterbacks maybe in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. you got maybe the best player ever. you got a primetime game between Mahomes and Watson, and you got a guy who just has no idea about the modern NFL, no idea how to deliver it. we got millions of talented people all over the place, right? And we got some of these guys calling. Just because you have knowledge of the game doesn't mean you can deliver it, right? <sighs> and, and, you know, it, it's – Sometimes I gotta watch stuff muted because I just can't handle the the comment. Because you know, one thing about sports fans is a lot of them are dumb, right? And when you feed them dumb information, they just run with it, like a comment. It makes dumb information. Well, yeah, I mean, you make a comment. Kenyon Drake fumbled last week, I believe it was, or John. Somebody, uh, I think it was the Cardinals running back last week, and they're like, "Well, they put him right back out there after he fumbled." It's like, man, if we benched every single player every time they made a mistake, we would have no players. Thanks for call, Alex. When I did do that thing about the things, you know, and didn't say anybody's name because I don't think it's necessarily the commentator's fault. I think it's the people that put them into positions to do that, and they just kind of have to buy in. Uh, and that's why I didn't name any names, and I got attacked by some people for not naming names. It's like, all right, fuck you, but all right. The, uh, you're part of the problem, too, pal, who just came after me, actually. The um, I do believe there has to be better than what some of them are, but it's a hard job, AJ. It's not easy, obviously. It's not easy. It is not easy. I don't. When you had your little rant, I don't know if Dan Faust was on the tip of your brain, though, as guys you were ranting at. <laughs> no, no, I forgot Dan Faust calls games. When he first started that, I was not expecting Dan Faust to take a ricochet. No, shot, me but. neither. I did not expect Dan Faust to take that. There, there are plenty of names he could have went with there. Yeah. I did not expect tons. Him. Chiefs Texans was actually game one of the season. <laughs> so Alex, <laughs> he's been holding on his grudge for a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. I understand there's a lot of different options, and not every show that we have is a banger. Uh, Big thanks to Jarvis Landry, Darius Butler, AJ Hawk, all the boys and all of you. Uh, We really, really, really appreciate it, man. Um, Getting to a point in my life, you know, where I'm getting older. We talked about it with Jarvis where you start to appreciate the little things. The fact that you guys choose to listen to this 
we are eternally grateful for. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend. We appreciate you so much. We'll be back manana with an Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. 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 Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel these people into a gorgeous Monday Night Football. Oh.